Welcome. Here you will hear stories of the unknown, tales of the twisted and terrible that have been silenced. The strange and the transcendent, riddles, secrets. As your guides, we will take you on an expedition where the curtain between worlds is torn. This is the farthest reaches. <laughs> My Jody Arias audition uh, for when they have the movie. God. I hope that's part of it, though. I'm not over her singing, though. Like, no, that was creepy. You all right there, buddy? Oh, God, that was sour. Sour? Yeah. It's peach. I don't know what just came up through that straw. I think there was nothing but that like weird uh, whatever that marshmallowy shit is. I just got like just a little bit of it. Dude, I think that guy just jerked off in your fucking milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I hope he didn't because, I mean, if, he, if that's what I think it is, he needs to go to a doctor. It's all right. I got like little rat droppings in mine. <laughs> Might be chocolate, but nah. No like, way. Ooh, I got a notification uh, here. What's this? What's this? Ghost of Tsushima Legends. Oh, yeah. Coming the, to PS4 Fall 2020. What the fuck is that? Free co-op. A co-op? Mm-hmm. No shit. Legends is, is an entirely new experience. It's a separate mode that doesn't follow Jin or the companions from his journey, but instead focuses on four warriors who have been built up as legends and stories told by the people of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima's single-player campaign focuses on an open world and exploring the natural beauty of the island. But Legends is haunting and fantastical, with locations and enemies inspired by Japanese folktales and mythology and an emphasis on the cooperative combat and action. I don't like how quiet it is in here. (laughs) (laughs) Need some some noise going on, man. Need some fucking wet-ass pussy going on in here. I can put it on if you'd like. I'm good. It's like the U.S. anthem at this point. It is. We should, you know what? We should petition it to replace the Star Spangled Banner with WAP <laughs> or WAP. Sure. You think so? You think that'd be good? I'd sign it. Would you? Yeah. I mean, could you imagine hearing that before every, like, what, baseball game? I'm down for it. <laughs> oh, God. Stand up. Put your hands over your chest. <laughs> <laughs> Punani Dusani. <laughs> Dingly dangly thing in the back of my throat. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. That is a world I want. Yeah, it's a perfect world. <laughs> <laughs> that's more than perfect. I don't know how I don't I don't know how that's possible, but I'm gonna say it's more than perfect. I'm I'm all for it. I support this. Oh god. Okay, let's get on with this. Uh, What's up, everybody? Welcome back to OSQ Operation Side Quest. I am Matthew, and as always, I'm Josh. Yep, that's Josh. Always <laughs> staring at him. Straight straight ahead. Yep. It's nice. Through all these poles and <sighs> mic stands. Goddamn God fucking... Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Look at that. Oh, mm. I, don't, I don't like you that. Look, you look delicious. Thanks. Mm-hmm. It's probably the peach. Oh, yeah, your uh, peach milkshake that looks like it's got jerk-off juice in the bottom <laughs> of it. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> He's like, God, it's so just fucking thick. See I don't that? know. It looked good on the picture. 
What? Well, no. Yeah, I've had. Well, I don't think I've had that. I've had something like it before. I've had some peach from there. It's good, but that just does not sound appetizing to me when it's just plain marshmallow fluff or whatever. Yeah, I don't. I I thought there would be more. Or maybe they just give you like a peach and like a glass of milk, and they're like, "Here, you make your own fucking milkshake. <laughs> Get out of here. Do it yourself. Some assembly <laughs> required, man. You're fine." <laughs> All right, so DIY. like always, before we get into today's topics, you want to talk about social media? Yes. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, OnlyFans, Pornhub, whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Instagram, the farthest reaches, Twitter at TFR Pod Official, Facebook, you know, just a normal page, and a group, just the farthest reaches. We actually almost hit, we're actually almost at uh, 30 members in the group. 30 members, almost 1,500 likes on Facebook. Yep. Yeah, Pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. God damn. <laughs> Is this what it's like being famous? No. Living in debt? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Dealing with paparazzi. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the Gmail, uh, the Farthest Reaches podcast at Gmail, if you want to get a little more personal on anything you want to talk about. Yeah, if you want to send this shit and you don't know me or Josh personally, reach out to us. You know, we can get a P.O. box up and going. You know, we got a little crocheted uh, cryptids from our friends. We got uh, like cryptic cards, cryptid baseball cards from our, yeah. from our other friend. We got uh, little prayer candles. Oh, yeah. We got our, well, this Bigfoot statue wasn't really made for us, but I wanted it. <laughs> um, but yeah, let us know. You can reach us on all sorts of so, uh, social media platforms. We'll be more than happy to hear you guys. And connect with you guys. So with that said, without further ado, let's get into spooky stuff. Let's go! I got some interesting things here. Yeah, I bet in, you don't. In some paranormal... Well, okay, hold on. I'd like to clear something up. Have you heard this th thing going on with the uh, Annabelle doll? I have. Okay, what exactly have you heard about it? I literally have only seen like an article or a joke article talking about like Annabelle escaped or she's missing... Or something. Like, she's missing from, like, the Warren Museum. Yeah. Okay. I thought I also heard something about Zach Bagans getting involved with some guy over He's, Twitter about it. I don't it? know. I, like I said, I haven't really looked into it. I saw it, and I was like, well, this probably isn't real. <laughs> well, and, and if Zach Baggins is involved, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Safe to say. Okay. I like that. Um, no, I just want to clear it up for people. If In case anyone out there has, well, knows. Who Annabelle is, the Annabelle doll in the Conjuring movies, and then got her standalone movie. You know, good for her. Annabelle is actually a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, if anybody doesn't know, the doll that is in the movie, that's not what the actual doll looks like at all. And if anyone's like, yeah, I know of her, or yeah, I know that she has escaped the War Museum, I have the truth for you. And this comes from uh, News18.com. No, that sounds credible. Well, this is <laughs> the only one that I had pulled up, but there are plenty of others. I mean, the, the guy that I'm going to be referencing here in a second, even made a, a YouTube video, put it on YouTube to let you know that basically to tell you the end of this uh, article that Annabelle is not escaped. She's still in her case. She's still at the museum. Uh, it says if 2020 wasn't cursed enough already, there may be a new addition to the already dreadful year, the escape of a possessed doll. Annabelle, who became popular to audiences from film, the conjuring universe, and later went on to have her own movie sequels about the uh, origin of Annabelle has seemed to have resurfaced eight months into a global pandemic, which I would assume the person trying to do this maybe just literally wanted to add to 2020 Probably. in that sense. Yeah, starting on August 14th, a rumor went viral on social media that the Annabelle doll had escaped from the museum. And this person on Twitter said, this is Annabelle, she's cursed, and she escaped her cage. 
So everyone who sees this picture of her needs to convey a simple apology to her when you see the picture. If you ignore, there may be something bad that will happen to you or bad luck for oh, many God, years. Oh, God, it's like one of those chain letters you got like back in like fucking like early yeah. 2000s. Yeah, if you don't forward this, your fucking mom's going to be, I don't know, fucked by Bigfoot or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you ever forward those? Were you ever scared by them? Hmm? No, hmm? that's probably why my life is hell now. Oh, you stood your ground. <laughs> you put your fucking fists on your hips like, nah. I ain't doing that. Fucker for all I care. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so she's cursed and, you must have, and she's escaped her cage. If you see this picture, you have to convey a, a simple apology. Okay, a simple apology would be... Hold on, let me think here. How about... I'm sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say that's just, simple enough, right? Sorry, I don't give a flying fuck about you. But pretty much, it's one of those. I remember, I remember hearing like the story from like Annabelle, like um, the actual the actual doll, not the movie version. But apparently, like there was some kid that mocked the doll when it was in the Warren Museum, like years oh, ago, and died in a motorcycle car, car, wreck or, or motorcycle. Whatever, yeah. yeah, I remember that. So of course, people were like, well, "It's got to be the fucking doll." Yeah, it's got to be the doll. There's literally no other scientific explanation for it. It's the doll. Yeah, you know. Burn the world. I mean, a lot of the Warren stuff was kind of a hoaxy, but Oh yeah. I don't really have much against the Warrens, but how I how I think they wanted to do their thing. Um I mean, I think they were really looking for the proof and in one way or another it kind of made the quote unquote proof for themselves that ghosts did exist and that yeah. they did the things that ghosts are reported to do. That's why, I like, uh, say, Ghost Hunters, for for example, back in the day. Um, hell, I think even uh, Ghost Nation now with Jason Hawes. Uh, I actually heard him go on an interview on um, a uh, local radio station, and they said that, well, excuse me, he said that, you know, we're here for debunking. Yeah. No, we might think that in some instances there are things that cannot be explained, um, I mean, it's paranormal or not, you know, there might not be an explanation to it for the, that point in time, but like 90, and he, I mean, he gave a weird number. He was like 96.6% of cases can always be debunked. Yeah. That's why I always like that show too, because I'm like ghost adventures where every little, oh, fucking God. every little, the fucking ghost, that is demon. Oh fuck. Everybody I'll, watch out. I'll say that's probably the greatest like comedy drama that's on fucking television yeah. right now. Like literally you don't watch it because you know, the paranormal shit. Cause I mean, they even went out to say that they faked a lot of shit, which all ghost hunting shows do at some shape. At some point they do. They all fake a little bit just to add a little bit of like mm -hmm. pizzazz. Exactly. But the thing I did like about ghost hunters on sci-fi was like, they would like literally have episodes where like they captured nothing. Oh, I know, like and, literally nothing. And then they go to the reveal and they're like, "Dude, we couldn't find anything." Not to say that it's not haunted, but we have absolutely no evidence to support and, like, any that's claim. That's what kind of made like Taps a little bit more credible. As, yeah, it's like it's a solidified them. Yeah, and like I follow like most of them on uh, Instagram and shit. And like, I mean, they're still out there doing shit, even though that like well, and like time gap before like when Ghost Hunters had like gotten cancelled or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Came to an end and then like now. So like there was a few years where they had no show but they're still ghost hunting and like they I like I, like they've captured some really cool stuff, but yeah. Like if you ever encounter anything, just try to think of logical explanations first. Because that's what I try to do mm -hmm. when I run into like weird shit. Like I try to like debunk any way that I can before like I'm just like, oh shit. It's a ghostly experience. But 
There have been some where I'm just like, I have no explanations for what I've witnessed. Or... Yeah. And that's not to say that it is paranormal. Yeah. I mean, you might just not have the knowledge or experience of what it could be. Anyway, so Annabelle here. Yeah, we got a couple more tweets of people bitching about, oh my God, what do I do about this doll escaping? Is my world coming to an end? Well, no, it's not. It says, fortunately, this bit of bad news isn't grounded in reality. In the end, it is just a rumor. Uh, see, in 2017, the Warren Museum, Museum was forced to close due to zoning violations and the materials are being held by the Warren's son-in-law, Tony Sparrow. Tony Sparrow also posted a video on YouTube and stood alongside the doll on display, proving that she is still in her cage and didn't really escape. See, like, if they had, like, a new, like, I know they're making a new Conjuring movie, but, like, if this was come like if this happened like right before the release it'd be a really good publicity stunt oh yeah yeah that'd be a great publicity stunt but it's unfortunate that it's not <laughs> yeah it says uh a quote from uh tony says i'm in here in the museum because of the rumors that annabelle has escaped uh spare can be heard saying in the video i gotta tell you something i don't know if you're gonna want to hear this or not but annabelle did not escape she didn't take a trip she didn't fly first class and she didn't <laughs> go to visit her boyfriend I think that was something with the whole Zach Bagans deal. I think the guy that had her was apparently flying first class or trying to get Zach to pay for his <laughs> ticket or some. I don't know. I heard some random bullshit like that. But they, uh, Zach and that guy, were feuding on Twitter about it. It was pretty funny. I will say, like, as far as like the Conjuring movies go, like I really liked the first two, um, like Conjuring and then Conjuring Two. I really liked those. Um, the first Annabelle movie was crap. I didn't really care for it. I loved Annabelle Creations. Like that, there's parts in that movie that like legitimately like gave me chills. Mm, I, like, haven't, I haven't seen any of them. Like Annabelle Creations, there's certain scenes. Uh, there's one I, mean, I won't give spoilers, but like when you first like see a demon, mm -hmm. the way that it happens, and like there's like the sounds of like bones cracking and of shit, course. which just always gets to me. But um, and then I think the third one was Annabelle Comes Home or whatever, where it was like set in the uh, Warren's house. That one was kind of disappointing, but... So, uh, next thing I want to go to, and this is hopefully just going to be a little quick, is apparently there's a university that will allow you to study psychokinesis. I guess as an actual class. <laughs> is it fucking Charles Xavier's school for gifted <laughs> youngsters? <laughs> no. It says research at the Kessler, I believe, parapsychology unit, delves into psychokinesis, paranormal phenomena, out-of-body experiences, and hauntings. Um, see, at the Edinburgh or Edinburgh University in the UK, I believe. Yeah, this is from uh, EdinburghLive.co.uk. Huh. So this is them just like, hey, you like spooky shit? Come to us. But it's weird because I didn't think, I mean, I guess if someone was to propose the question, do you think there's some sort of university, some kind of college out there that allows you to take a class on something like the paranormal? I'd probably be like, well, there might be something like that. Like the one college, God, I can't remember. I want to say Connecticut. I don't know why Connecticut, but there's one that um, at least used to, but they would just dissect South Park episodes. Yeah. Really? That's what I heard. They just di dissect South Park episodes because they have, I mean... Nine times out of ten, they actually have a meaning to them. You know, when yeah. Kyle has this fucking revelation at the very end of every fucking episode or stand. But no, if you ask me that question about universities and colleges and the paranormal or whatever, I would have to say yes. But in the back of my mind, I'd be like, 
why. Yeah, it'd be like, what is this? Mis- what What's the uh, one in the Lovecraft lore? Miskatonic yeah, University? Yeah, Miskatonic University. Uh, but no, it says, you know, parapsychology has actually been taught at the University of Edinburgh for more than 50 years. I mean, parapsychology, I can I can see that. Yeah. Um, Isn't that what Bill Murray's character was teaching in fucking the first Ghostbusters? Oh, God. You know, I don't feel like making a claim of yes or no on that because I feel like people will hate us if I get it wrong. Or hate me if I get it wrong. I don't know, though. I just know I that he had, like... can't remember. And all I knew is he was, like, doing stuff with, like, the students where they he was trying to get them to, like, guess the cards or whatever. Yeah. And didn't hold on. There was a it wasn't a girl in the beginning. Yeah. And he, and she had he had a well, she was saying the wrong card. But yeah. he was like, Wow, you're so good. <laughs> yeah. And then there was the one the one kid, the other like male character was getting them all wrong, just getting shocked. Like, even Sorry, though, buddy, I even, don't if, even if he was right. <laughs> mm-hmm. It says, as well as examining the possible existence of psychic ability, students can also investigate experiences and belief in the paranormal. The department studies extrasensory perception, or ESP, and psychokinesis, which is the power held by Eleven in Stranger Things, in case yeah. anyone was wondering, um, using a procedure called the Gonsfield. The Kessler Parapsychology website says that the Gonsfield is a mild sensory isolation procedure that some researchers believe to be conductive to extrasensory perception. In a standard Gonsfield ESP study, one participant, quote-unquote, the sender, attempts to mentally communicate a randomly chosen image or film clip, quote-unquote, the target, to another participant, quote-unquote, the receiver. The sender and receiver are placed in separate rooms. The receiver reclines in a comfortable chair, wears translucent eye shields, is bathed in red light, and listens to white noise. A target is then randomly chosen from a large selection of images or films and shown to the sender. Whilst the sender looks at the target, the receiver describes any thoughts or images that come to mind. And then students can also learn about hauntings and premonitions or precognitive dreaming. And it's all absolutely fascinating. So, of course, me looking at this, I'm thinking. I mean, I've heard about I've heard about shit like this for a long time, but it's one of those things that I don't know if I fully believe it, but. Wait, hold on. You believe in the act that a college is doing this or you believe in like. Psychokinesis. Psychokinesis. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I mean, I guarantee, I mean, there's college classes for, like, the most random shit anymore, so. Like dissecting South Park episodes? Yeah. Um, But it would be terrible for an audio format, but if we do a YouTube channel at some point, we should try this. <laughs> <laughs> try psychokinesis? Yes. I'll try it right now. We'll see who's uh, the most psychic. <laughs> God damn, that just about <laughs> gave me a fucking aneurysm. I was going to say, watch out, Carrie. <laughs> so She was also, she had it. I know. That's how she started the fire and killed all those kids. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to look a little more into this. And uh, let's see, education.seattlepi.com. Uh, college classes on the paranormal. Just a simple site I went to. I don't know how credible it really is. I'm just like, what else do colleges or universities have to offer? Well, Rutgers University in Newark, New Jersey, offers a history of witchcraft and magic. Fuck yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah, that's right. Uh, It explores 16th and 17th century preconceptions about women, gender, and sexuality that fueled the Salem witch trials. Uh, And then we have the Vampires in Literature and Film, which is offered through the University of Wisconsin-Madison Center for Visual Cultures, traces the development of the vampire legend from Eastern European folklore to its literary and film variations in the 18th century and modern society. Excuse me, modern society. Fuck yeah. 
Aliens at Harper College in Indiana. And the education class is actually uh, called Aliens and Paranormal Investigation. That just sounds dumb. I'm just kidding. It's, <laughs> I, I, would, sounds, I, would t- I would totally take that class. That sounds too, like, just fucking vague. Yeah. Just, bam. Like, you, well, hey, you, you, you know what it is. Then I have Ghost here from the uh, Kapiolani sure. Community College in Hawaii offers a non-credit mm, continuing education class titled Introduction to Paranormal Investigations, parentheses, Ghost Hunting. It's one of a number of community college courses that teaches students how to conduct a thorough investigation of so-called haunted locations. They can go to college, take a non-credit course, of course, but they teach you how to actually ghost hunt. Yeah. That's pretty badass. Eat shit, Zach Baggins. Ooh. I bet he doesn't have a college degree in any of that. (laughs) And then, yeah, like, I put up another site here, uh, learningmind.com, and it says... uh, if you want to get into some sort of paranormal aspect, some sort of career, uh, religious studies in one way or another, uh, folklore and mythology and anthropology will help you get to, like, I guess, cryptozoology. Yeah. If, well, if you take zoology, biology, and I think anthropology. Uh, yeah, you get, you get that word. Um, yeah, that helps towards, like, cryptozoology. <laughs> and then folklore, I mean, hell, Harvard University has a folklore and mythology class. That you can take. Huh. Huh. Is right. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't think, I don't know, I didn't think that was, uh, I don't want to say mainstream, but could like taken literally. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was pretty fucking neat. Uh, paranormal investigation courses at community colleges. Ivy Tech Community College uh, in Indiana talks about, what is this? Oh, this is just about ghost hunting. So you have the Ivy Tech Community College in Indiana, the Alamance Community College in North Carolina. The uh, Volunteer State Community College in Tennessee. The uh, I already said this, but the uh, Capulani Community College in the Hawaii Islands. Yeah, there's a lot more than I thought that do shit like this. I would love to take one of those courses. The Hawaiian one would be actually really cool. Learn about the Hawaiian culture and their folklore. Yeah, maybe you can meet Jason Momoa. He's a hunk, man. He, he's all right. And he likes death metal. Yeah. What more could you want from a man? Death metal and a hunk. Why do, you th- why do you think my wife is so grateful to have me? <laughs> she just... Uh, really? You're going to laugh on recording? Yeah. I can't wait to edit that laugh out, though. <laughs> Put a bunch of ooh-ahs in there. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, no, sorry. I, I didn't mean to laugh. Yeah, she's <laughs> very <laughs> grateful for mm. you. <laughs> in your Pokemon sleeve. Oh, my God. Okay, so the next thing I want to bring up is from the New York Post. And business is booming in New York City amongst the COVID-19 pandemic for a certain profession that people are doing. Can you, by chance, just guess what the profession would be? I'm going to go ahead and say the people that do funerals. Or No, think a more paranormal kind of profession. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Psychics. Oh. Apparently business is booming for psychics amongst COVID-19 in New York City. (sighs) Okay. Hold on. Oh, all right. Take a step back. Let's do this. Hold on. Okay, here's the thing. With these psychics that you can go to to do, like... Re- Don't you dare say they fake. <laughs> I'm, I paid a lot of money for this. I'm just saying. But no, like, always have something, like, in your pocket, like, change or something. Ask how much change you have. And if they can't get it, they're wrong. And they're not right. Yeah, that's what wrong is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they can't be trusted. 
I never thought about that. I mean, I'm not one that thinks the whole fortune telling psychic mystic aspect is all that credible and all that real. I don't take it too seriously. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you go to like a fair and they're like, let me guess your age. Yeah, I mean, I, th those are always fun for me because I'm short. I'm a short bearded fucker, so they can't ever get it right. Do they think you're older. Yeah, yeah, they think I. Well, it, I've never it's, done it's it. always in between. It's always like I'm like they're like early twenties or like thirty five. <laughs> yeah, I've never done and one I, of those. If I shave, it's awful for them because <laughs> they're like seven. Yeah, they're like sixteen. <laughs> I'm like, hey, guess again, bitch. <laughs> God, you call my bitch? How rude of you? Yeah. God, <laughs> just kidding. I don't call anybody bitches except me. Well, on and off recording. <laughs> well, you deserve it. Mm. So yeah, I don't do. Bitch. I don't. I don't <laughs> do uh, any of that stuff. But just from, I don't know, people I know or people I've met, whatever. They always think I'm younger. Apparently, I yeah. look beard or not. They just think I look younger. You got a baby face. Yeah, which I do too. Uh, thanks, I... thanks a fucking lot, mom. <laughs> if I shave, I have such a baby face. It's bad. Oh, Except dude. for this giant crease across my forehead from where I just oh dude like yeah if I all the time if, if I shave I'm I'm horrible looking I got like a double chin I got my my fucking chin neck area looks like a <laughs> package of hot dogs <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad looking <laughs> anyway back to the New York Post it says while storefronts are going bust across the Big Apple due to the coronavirus pandemic. New York psychics and fortune tellers say they are seeing more clients and making more money than ever before. I will say, well, one thing I do like going to do like the tarot card readings, mm -hmm. I do find those really fascinating just because um, when I was going through my like really dark time, I went to, um, I have a couple of friends that do tarot card readings and um, oddly enough, I'm getting the, like the chariot, the chariot card yeah, yeah. tattooed. Um, which I actually will be getting tomorrow, Ooh. and I'm really excited about it because um, and I sh I'll shout out the artist. I'll do a shout out later too, um, like in the next episode, like once I get it. But uh, Cryptid Coven on Instagram, she did all the designs because she did a lot of uh, cryptid themed tarot cards, which are really really fucking cool. But um, I always like I did like three read three or four readings, and like each reading, the the chariot card came up. Which is one of the reasons why I like that card's kind of oh, yeah, and it has like the meaning of um yeah. So I'll actually read like the exact uh, definition for the, the chariot card, but because you'll you'll understand why it kind of has like a strong meaning towards me. All right, the chariot card is about overcoming conflicts and moving forward in a positive direction. One needs to keep going on, and through sheer hard work and commitment, he will be victorious. So like that right, that card's right. always kind of like you know because like I said, I went through a lot. A lot of personal shit this past year and like the last two years and so like and i've been doing a lot better now so like, yeah. like the fact that that card kept showing up more and more is kind of like what kind of stuck with me oh yeah i can clearly see how that would be personal and in one way or another almost like sentimental at this point for you so it says unlike most businesses they thrive in times of uncertainty and despair when there's a big change in the world or more uncertainty in the world that is when people look for more certainty Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, psychic Betsy Le Fay told that to the Post. Everyone now wants more certainty, and yes, that is when people tend to turn to psychics. That's kind of fascinating to me. It when is. People are so unsure, they turn to something uh, uh, like the ability of psychics. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, hell, it used to be really popular on TV. I mean, remember Madame Cleo or whatever her name was? Or, I mean, hell, I mean, some people try to differentiate 
mediums and psychics. Yeah. But like the Long Island medium woman. Oh, yeah. LaFay moved upstate during the pandemic, but still performs her services virtually for clientele based largely in the city. Her prices are steeper than most. Holy fuck. $997 for an hour-long reading. Why Uh, $997? uh, You can, like, just fuck off with that shit. Good lord. But she says she's still been, or still has been a steep uptick in those seeking her guidance. What? Okay. Good lord! Well, I mean, you know, you have to have a lot of money to live in New York, apparently. I mean... But, fuck, dude, I better be getting some good fucking readings, and they better be fucking coming true. Yeah, that's, no, that's going to be, like, me going to the fuck, going to her, and be like, here's my entire savings. And I'm like, all right, Sonny, what would you like to know? And I'd be like, will Meyer ever get back sausage, egg, and cheese biscuits again? (laughs) (laughs) You would. And then she'll sit there, and her fucking eyes roll back into her head, and she'll hum some fucking random tune, and be like, no. (laughs) <laughs> and I'll just be like, no! <laughs> and then my $997, which is apparently all I can save, will be gone. Does that sound like a movie? A horrible movie? It does. Doesn't it? I think Zac Efron should be me. <laughs> just just saying. So New Yorkers who have never turned to the occult before are now seeking out some spiritual guidance. East Village psychic Kathleen Lee used to largely serve tourists... But with visitors gone, her newly uh, reopened business has seen more locals desperate to find their way in this quote-unquote new normal than ever before. Take control of your own brands. Fucking lead your own life. Don't go to psychics. Uh, Yeah. Even medical professionals are getting in on it. According to Manhattan psychic Marion Hedger, whose business has been quote-unquote absolutely nuts amid the outbreak. I don't know if I want my doctors to go see psychics like is my patient gonna make it be like oh, oh god doc what they say so it says uh i guess this is from uh, manhattan psychic marion hedger it says quote i've seen quite a few medical people doctors people like that at my office base uh she charges 85 dollars for a half hour reading and 165 dollars for an hour and said her weekly earnings grew from a thousand pre-pandemic to two thousand a week See, well, her prices are a little bit more manageable. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Uh, she goes on to say, any astrologer worth their salt knew there was going to be a before January 2020 and after January 2020, and that life would never be quite the same again. Oh, I'm sorry. That was from uh, East Village-based astrologer Angel Idealism. Okay, yeah, that, yeah, that's apparently her name, Angel Idealism, and it's not like I-D-E-A-L ideal it's i with like your fucking i e y e idealism uh citing a rare conjunction of saturn and pluto pluto as the cause of the disturbance and unlike other workers soothsayers don't have to worry as much about getting sick from their customers i'm psychic so i know if they are sick said Catherine marks <laughs> wow that's pretty goddamn bold of you to say <laughs> goddamn uh, she has been seeing double, sometimes triple, her normal number of clients in virtual readings and in person at Namaste Bookshop in Union Square. People are sent to my table, and if they're sent, they're going to be sick. I'm the real deal. Is it called Namaste? You said it was the Na- name Namaste. of the shop? N-A-M-A-S-T-E. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, sure. Whatever. Psychic Paula Roberts said she initially saw a flurry of anxious customers seeking guidance, especially about their careers and financial situations. And the most common query... When will the pandemic 
end. And what was her answer? I don't know if this is the answer, but uh, somebody quoted this. If there's one basic question in round terms, it's when can we get back to our lives, she said, which I believe is, uh, again, reference to Paula Roberts, who isn't terribly anxious about whatever it is, whether you're still in business, whether you can pay the rent, whether your children are going back to school. Okay. Most psychics were cautious to pinpoint a specific date or way the pandemic will end, but some, including Marx, predicted that the crisis will slowly start to abate in January as advances in medicine are made. Idealism, back to angel idealism, sees a great ray of hope coming during the winter solstice in late December. Hmm. But COVID-19 isn't the only thing on customers' minds. Brooklyn astrologer and psychic Kim Allen said she's been giving more relationship advice than usual these days. People have been panicked, not so much for career, but for love, said Allen, who estimates a 35% increase in clients since the pandemic, often from lovers in new relationships separated by quarantine. Love is really important. I think people really feeling, I think people were really feeling the sting of isolation. Allen also claims to have saved a few marriages strained from pandemic stress by giving phone readings to both spouses and quote unquote, looking at the truth in their tarot cards. People kind of understood that they couldn't really control their whole financial situation, and that really, it was more important to be with a partner and have someone to love, Alan said. But for clients, it's just nice to get answers in a time where there are so few, even if they're not real. Well, yeah, because you can be... And then it closes out with, plus, it's cheaper than therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, okay, all right. How many times do you think we're going to rub our face today, Josh? Hear me out. I'm hearing. If you're in a relationship, if you're married or anything, and you need to go to, like, couples therapy, go to couples therapy. Don't go to a fucking psychic. Yeah, it'd probably be better to go that way. Yeah. They're, they're trained professionals. Probably. Plus, it might not be nearly as expensive, like $1,000 a fucking hour, like that one woman. <laughs> I mean, people, we, we know that you guys have one way or another to relieve stress, to find calm and, and ease, peace of mind, one way or another. Uh, but we think it's probably for the best interest. Yes, and are any of our psychic listeners, I'm not trying to steal your clientele. I'm just trying to <laughs> yeah. help out with, you know, I don't know. And if I'm going through relationship shit, my first thought isn't going, I want to go see a psychic. No. I always just imagine, too, like anytime like people talk about going to see a psychic, I just imagine it's the uh, the magic conch from SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just pull the cord. It's just like, oh, it's, all right. It does say uh, here a little more uh, up a ways that it might not be real. I don't know who's saying this, but it might not be real. Uh, maybe it's not, but still getting those questions answered for me just calms my anxiety and it reassures my thoughts. Well, and understandable. That, yeah, that is totally understandable. Some people just like to, some people feel better just hearing those words, even if they don't like fully believe it, just hearing it calms them down. I can I can get behind that. I mean, I can tell you that. Yeah. And you can save $997. I won't take that from you. This is true. Just saying. Just saying. I'm sh- I'm, I mean, it's New York. New, uh, I'm, I'm homeless. A, I'm a... New York has a huge homeless population. I'm sure if you talk to them, I'm sure they'd say some nice things to you. I've met some pretty nice homeless people in my time. Some of them are, have a lot of insight on life, too. Oh, I believe it. They've seen a whole complete different spectrum than what we have. Oh, yeah. other side of the spectrum than what we have seen. Oh, yeah. A lot of them have like a lot of a uh, very like um, spiritual like type of minds too. So they have like 
like you like well like you were saying like they've experienced so much different shit so they pretty much are open to just what the fuck ever yeah well going on now to mysterywire.com and actually this is also posted on i think uh defense.gov um, but what it is is that the Department of Defense makes that UAP task force that I had talked about recently official. Before Senator, I th- was it Rubio? I think Mark. Yeah, Rubio, I think you said uh, was trying to get this thing together and push it through legislation. Uh, I'm not sure if it's quite there yet, but the Department of Defense has come out and said that the UAP TF or the uh, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force is a legit thing now in place. Huh. Huh. Is right. It says, The Department of Defense has put out a news release outlining the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force and who will be in charge. In a release put out by the DOD, it states, The Department of the Navy, under the cognizance of the Office of the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security, will lead the UAPTF. What a fucking title. Oh, fucking God. There's so many acronyms when it comes to government. <laughs> Below, you can read the entire Department of Defense news release. Uh, okay, it's simple enough. It says, on August 4th, 2020, Deputy Secretary of Defense David L. Norquist, sure, approved the establishment of an Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, or UAPTF. The Department of the Navy, under the cognizance of the Office of the Undersecretary of Defense, your intelligence and security, oh, God, will lead the UAPTF. The Department of Defense established the UAPTF to improve its understanding of and gain insight into the nature and origins of UAPs. The mission of the task force is to detect, analyze, and catalog UAPs that could potentially pose a threat to U.S. national security. As DOD has stated previously, the safety of our personnel and the security of our operations are of paramount concern. The Department of Defense and the military Departments take any incursions by unauthorized aircraft into our training ranges or designated airspace very seriously and examine each report. This includes examinations of incursions that are initially reported as UAP when the observer cannot immediately identify what he or she is observing. I mean, it's interesting that they're bringing us a task force. I mean, yeah, a, a lot of obviously a lot of it's going to be non-paranormal shit because i mean other countries have also have like the abilities i mean we even talked about it with roswell how like it could have been the russians could have been the chinese i mean that's pretty much what this task force is going to be focusing on more Mm -hmm. yeah but i mean if we do see any ufos or anything they'll also be on there so Mm -hmm. it's just i don't know cool that this is being made public yeah and the fact that we are i mean they did say that ATIP, you know, basically dissolved as some sort of government group dealing with uh, UAPs or AAPs or whatever the fuck they wanted to call them at the time yeah. back in 2017. But obviously with the black programs that they have going on, I don't know if that really ever was the case. Maybe it never really did dissolve. Yeah, I mean, they could have just been like, oh, yeah, it's going away, but really just swept everything under the rug and yeah just this could have been going under the now. table yeah and then they thought well we'll make it public at this point at least just saying hey we have one maybe yeah. they just changed the the director the head of it to this guy davis or excuse me uh norquist just i don't know to make it show like they're doing something yeah so this next and final piece of paranormal news that i have is uh again from mystery wire and it might not be the end result might not be paranormal 
but it's creepy nonetheless. And it is mother claims girl recorded at man's grave is her murdered two year old daughter. Okay, hold on. I'm, I'm like, what? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Say that again. Okay, mother claims girl recorded at man's grave is her murdered two year old daughter. Okay. I'll be honest. The first one I saw, it, I didn't think too much of it. But, yeah. But then when I see it like on Mystery Wire, which in case I don't know if I said it before and anyone knows, this is George Knapp's website. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and, and he posts things that seem a little more interesting and thought out, thorough, one yeah. way or another, than others. But uh, yeah, I saw this before. I can't remember the site, but then I saw Mystery Wire and posted it, and I was like, "Oh, okay, okay. What it is? What is? What's going on?" So it goes to say here: the paranormal social media world is descending on Las Cruces, New Mexico, this week. It's because of a story being told on Facebook by Sandra Gonzalez. Gonzalez claims that it is her deceased daughter that can be seen on security video from Las Cruces Cemetery. Sandra shared still images from the security camera. The camera had been mounted in a tree by the family of a man buried there, and the family says the man's grave had been vandalized previously, and they wanted to know who the fuck it was. You know, they wanted to record the person that was responsible. But instead of capturing an adult vandalizing a gravesite, the camera actually recorded what appears to be a young girl walking to and stopping at the grave. A worker at the cemetery said the video showed a girl that looks like a two-year-old girl who was murdered in 2017 and whose grave, the girl's grave, is actually found in the same cemetery. Hmm. Sandra Gonzalez is the mother of that girl, and according to her, the child seen in the video is her daughter, Fabiola. At this time, no one is able to give an explanation of the child by the grave other than Gonzalez. And looking at these pictures, I mean, it's clearly here. Let me turn this around for you, Josh. It clearly looks like a little child. It it does. It also, hmm, it, like well, the way those cameras look, it almost looks like I mean, a kid just wandered. Well, see, that's the other part I want to get into. This, it to me, that looks like a solid, you know, well, quote unquote apparition, sure figure. I mean, it looks like an actual child. But what in the hell? Is that child doing alone in the middle of a cemetery at, uh, when the fuck was this recorded? Two or three o'clock? I think she says three o'clock. Kid, I don't know, somewhere. Kid, unfortunately, kids wander outside their homes. It happens. I know, but isn't that creepy in itself? It is. I mean, there, hell, there was a video I was watching where like these guys were exploring a cave and they wandered onto this little girl who got separated from another like tour group and they were like in a totally different part of a cave and if they wouldn't have wanted upon this kid this kid probably would have died in the cave kids wander i mean none nonetheless yeah kids wander um <laughs> keep watching it, your kids it's a little different harambe would still be here if oh fuck people you watch you the, the fucking you kids bring that back I'm yeah gonna, i'm gonna have the waterworks dude <laughs> god damn it that's when the world started really going to shit I'm gonna I'm gonna press F to pay my respects to him. <laughs> he, he, he would he would fucking love that. But no, like <laughs> seriously, like keep like you know child lock your doors, whatever, because kids wandering out that's not good. But no. well, back to what you're saying. Separated from a uh, you said like a group, yeah, like a tour group or so. I can I know I can see that. Sure, yeah, yeah but. This is so much weirder to me, the fact that it's like 3 o'clock in the morning by themselves in a cemetery. It happens, man. Like, there's probably no tour group at 3 a.m. in the cemetery. No, but 
who's to say there's not like a house near that cemetery that this kid just walked out the fucking front door or back door or... and I wonder if if the camera being there to record the gravesite to see if if anyone had vandalized it because like I don't know they say vandalized but I don't know why I don't know if it's like crayon was written on the grave I was gonna say I, maybe it's the little kid maybe it's a little fucking Rembrandt Rembrandt I, <laughs> I don't know if like flowers are moved I, I don't know what they consider the vandalization but I wonder if that was even done by the kid in the first place it's possible maybe you have two uh, like little stories here. Anyway, yeah, I can't find anything else about that little girl. It does look like you know, she's got an image of her baby girl here and uh, whatever is in the picture of the uh, the still picture from the security camera. I mean, I would say, you know, it looks like it could be the same height. It looks like the girl. It looks like, I mean, it looks like they're in, if I had to guess, pajamas almost. Yeah. That's, little, little feces on too. That's what made me like immediately go oh that kid just wandered yeah. out from its house but i mean hey if it gives the mom some kind of closure and makes her feel better about her daughter that you know unfortunately she lost at a young age hey whatever you can believe what you want and that's just so weird so that little girl which i'm assuming it is or i mean it could very well be a little boy must have done something to that grave and then of course they saw it the next day and looked at the cameras and they actually see this child Walking towards the grave. The grave, I mean, from what I can tell here, the grave has some lights around it, flowers, some other objects. So I guess any of that could have been moved, could have been pushed over, whatever. Yeah. And that could be the the vandalizing that they're talking about. Um, if for whatever reason it is an apparition, that is the best picture of an apparition I think I have ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I'm I'm still weirded out, man. Like, what is that child doing at that gravesite? And just the sheer coincidence that it would go to the one grave that's being recorded. Yeah, that's another weird thing. I mean, I will say, well, looking at this picture, there's four graves, and one of them, being that gentleman's grave, has lights all around it. It looks like solar lights. Well, that could, you know. And maybe I mean, that, it just attracted the yeah. child. Oh, my God. Maybe it's like Mothman's child. Oh, for goddamn sake. <laughs> Lamp. All right. Well, that's all I have for paranormal news. I say it's time to get into the game stuff. Okay, let's do it. What the fuck is that? Pokemon. What? Do that again. Dun, 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 That's dun, not it. Dun. You're so wrong. Fucking hate you. You're so. That's probably not better. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it sounded exactly what I was doing. Hey, everyone's going. Oh yeah, that second guy, he did it better. <laughs> well, first thing. Speaking of Pokemon, I'm actually kind of glad you played that little tune. Oh, like um, I was doing a segue. <laughs> it's not really a topic. But there is a game that is a lot like Pokemon, and even the graphics look reminiscent of uh, like Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh, okay. Um, but it's called Nexomon, and actually, there's I guess there's two games. There's Nexomon, and then there's Nexomon Extinction. And Nexomon Extinction says it is to release at least on Steam August twenty eighth. It, it or, sounds me. like a fucking rip off of Digimon and Pokemon. Well, 
I don't have too much on it. It just says catch, evolve, battle, you know, shit like that. I mean, what do you mean? So by, Pokemon. Well, yeah, but what do you? What well, do you I was mean just saying Digimon? by name wise, just Digimon oh. and I mean Pokemon. Yeah, for whatever reason, Nexomon sounds sort of like digitized. In yeah, a way, like, like like Digimon would be. It sounds like one of the like what a Digimon like Digimon monster would would have been. But I mean, this game, like I said, almost looks like a crossbreed between some sort of Pokemon, not like the Switch Pokemon games, but like the DS ones or the Game Boy Color, all the old, older ones, and like Final Fantasy Tactics. And I see, you know, you have your, your typical four selections of, of moves. You have team, you have bag, skills, you have run, you have HP. Uh, I mean, you have grass. You literally walk through to catch them and whatnot. I mean, it's basically Pokemon. Yeah, I was going to say, you like literally, if you were just saying like, this stuff to me, not what you said before. I'd be like, "Oh, you're talking about a Pokemon game." Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's more to it, but I'm not exactly sure uh, just at this point in time. But Nexomon Extinction is set to release August 28th, oh. so just a couple weeks. Yeah. However, it does say that Nexomon, just like the original, is like already out, but it came out like in July. Hmm. Like they're like they have a whole new game a month later. Well, I mean, it's probably an indie studio, so. Well, yeah, it could it could be. It says Nexomon Extinction is a return to classic monster catching games, complete with a brand new story, eccentric characters, and over three hundred unique Nexomon to trap and tame. The world is on the brink of extinction as mighty tyrant Nexomon fight for dominion over humans and monsters. Join the Tamers Guild and begin an epic journey to restore balance before all hope is lost. Hell yeah. I mean, it's so Pokemon. It's it's like a break, almost. You're taking a break from Pokemon, but you still love literally what Pokemon games are about. Yeah. I say go try out Nexomon. Yeah. There's 381 Nexomons from nine elemental types and powerful evolutions. And I will say I looked at all 381 of them. Well, at the time, there was like, I don't know, nine or 19 or something with a nine that uh, weren't revealed. But no, they have all of them from like your starters to like pre-evolutions to final stages to mythic ones and whatnot. And there's a lot of them that are badass looking. Interesting. And uh, I, I think it's not only for Steam. I think it's for something else as well. Like I mean, I think it's for Xbox and PS4 and whatnot. I think it's even coming to the Switch. I'm surprised. I feel like Nintendo would be like, yeah, <laughs> that's all I got. Yeah, it sounds like Nintendo. No. <laughs> It does, doesn't it? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, speaking of Nintendo, uh, I will, on a quick little side note here, that they did post a picture of Mario chilling at the beach, and people are going nuts that it's either going to be like a Mario, Super Mario Sunshine remake, or perhaps another edition in that series. You ever played Sunshine? Uh, no. I did a little bit. It's good. It, I mean, it's, it's almost all Mario games are good in one way or another. I mean, I think there's yeah. only maybe... One, like Super Mario Party, that I'm not the biggest fan of. But all the other ones are, are, I mean, they're fun to play. I mean, it could totally just be like a, it could be like a Mario Party, but like all beach summer themed games. I mean, yeah, at this point we have no explanation what it could be, so it could be very well. Or it literally could just be art. Hell, maybe he's coming as a DLC character for Skyrim. I mean, there's already mods for that. Yeah, but what if they're making it official? I believe that more than fucking Mario Sunshine. <laughs> Something else with Skyrim. I don't care what it is at this point. But it's it's him resting on a uh, fold-out little like beach chair, you know, and he's got some sort of drink 
Well, he's actually got two next to him on the table. One with a red straw, Ooh. one with a green straw. Oh. <laughs> Some boats in the background. He's got glasses on his head. Man, he's chilling in his swimming trunks. Yeah. It, I don't know. Like I said, there's literally nothing on it. And they posted it uh, on Twitter like, stay cool, Mario. And people just fucking lost their shit. <laughs> like I said, it could just literally just be art that somebody made. I mean, it, the thing is... Just because a game company releases a picture of something, especially like an established character, doesn't always mean it's going to be something new. A lot of times it well, does, well, new, well, but... What do you mean new? You mean new as in like... Like a new was a game new... or like a new anything, like DLC. Are you differentiating new as in like... Okay, say Mario, for example, here. Yeah. Are you saying that new as in a new Sunshine game? Or even if it was like remastered, is that new to you? Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean... What pretty much what I'm saying is just like a company can can just post art of their characters and that doesn't have to mean anything. True. Like it literally just could just be them being like, "Oh, hey, here's just something to post on social media." That's true. Like, but I will say it is fun to speculate and to theorize. It is. Oh god, it's so much fun. All right. Well, the next thing I like to touch on is another game that I came across, and I literally just came across it last night, and. I'll be damned if it wasn't just me on Facebook scrolling through my feed and it was a sponsored ad. I don't know if they heard me talking and they were like, oh, maybe he'd like this or what. But I came across <laughs> this game. It's an action RPG and it's called Sir Whoopass. <laughs> <laughs> and at first I couldn't believe it, but the picture is of a guy in full yeah, some sort of armor, some sort of uniform. His helmet's got like backwards facing horns on it. <laughs> And he's just on this hill staring at this village. But it looks good. I mean, it looks like, I don't know, you would see fucking Skyrim or anything like that. Huh. I know. I know. <laughs> and it says, meet Sir Whoopass, the hero who, due to a series of hilarious and poor life choices, manages to bring chaos and disarray to a utopian world. He must find the villain-beating artifact to vanquish the immortal and stop him from spawning all manner of evil monsters and creatures. Also, cheese. So it sounds like they're mixing like the worlds of like Witcher, Skyrim with a sense of humor of Fable. Um, yeah, I'm kind of in. I'll, I'll, I'll go with I'm that. I'm kind of into it. I I tell you, man, I watched the video of it and it's actually pretty badass looking. Uh, key features. It says, and by the way, I'm reading all this from Steam because that's what I mainly use. Yeah, unless it's like a PS4 exclusive, like Ghost. Um, but key features here says. Laugh until milk comes out of your nose at a hilarious take on the ARPG genre. Uh, genre. With witty dialogue, fun characters, and a really twisted plot. Squeal with delight as you explore a legome open world full of foul monsters to slay and a smorgasbord of loot to be found. And it has a little asterisk. And when you go down to the asterisk, it says, also cheese. I guess you can find cheese. Feel the thrill and wind <laughs> well, in your hair. Well, that's just poking fun at Skyrim because of all oh, the yeah. fucking cheese wheels. Feel the thrill and wind in your hair as you drive through the Caliban Cruiser, a talking evil car that uses meat as fuel. And then parentheses, a car Navor. <laughs> I'm here for the puns, man. Didn't uh, didn't you have like a vehicle in Brutal Legend that talked? Uh, I don't know about talked, but you did have a vehicle. I don't. Maybe I'm thinking of something else, but I could have swore something talked in that game. Need fifty gigs for this game. It's a big old game, man. Jesus Christ! Well, shit, wasn't the newest like Call of Duty like a hundred or two hundred gigs or something? Well, they constantly outrageous. Like, all their updates are like fucking constantly huge. So like, if you're trying to play Call of Duty, you're 
better get an external hard drive, which, I mean, if you don't have an external hard drive and you're a hardcore gamer, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, that's true. Um, I will say, I just started a new game last night. Um, I was just kind of scrolling, because I beat Ghost of uh, Tsushima. And- Wait, spoiler alert, because I want to know what Josh did at the very end in that last final battle. Oh, the final battle? What did I, you do? I let him live. So did I. Well, because, I mean, the way I was looking at it, I mean, it's called Ghost of Tsushima, and I feel like, canonically, him walking away as the ghost makes way more sense. Dude, thank you so much, because <laughs> Joey, uh, and Joey's going to be hearing this, <laughs> and like I said, we always fucking talk about him, but he messaged me, asked me what I did, and of course, I didn't reply to him fast enough, but I don't know if that really actually mattered. Probably not. But I found out that he had killed them, or killed him, and I'm just like, how fucking dare you? And of well, course, it's like, and, and I, I think he's stated something. No, he can correct me. He can text me once this episode's out and be like, <laughs> "You're wrong." But I think he liked the armor better that you got at the end because it, di- it, di- yeah. it, it differed. But like, just like you said, you're playing as the ghost, and I think you should let him be. Yeah, and it, I mean, if you know, if they make sequels, it would make way more sense to walk away as the ghost than instead of giving that away because then it's just of Tsushima. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Tsushima. But uh, what I was saying is I started playing a new game because like, last night I was just kind of going through uh, Game Pass and just kind of seeing like what games were on there. And I came across one. I remember seeing the trailer because it came out last year um, called Observation, which it's uh, set in space. Ooh. And uh, pretty much you are in control of like the AI of like the space station that like something happened to it. And you're pretty much trying to figure out like what happened to the crew, because um, there's one crew member that's like alive that's like control, like helping you, you know, give in orders and shit like that. Minus but, being the AI, seems like how a lot of space games started out. You want to figure out what the hell happened to a crew of a ship? Yeah, pretty much. But uh, like so far, like because I haven't really looked a whole lot into it. I just ex- from what I'm experiencing, it's definitely like it's definitely a thriller because there's some weird fucking shit going on, mm. and it kind of seems like the AI has like its own. Um, orders to do like in the code like its own protocols yeah okay because um yeah spoilers for the game but there's one point where um because like you at certain points like you control like the cameras and shit in the ship and um all of a sudden the cameras start getting staticky and you see on the screen bring her bring her yeah when the uh one of the surviving the surviving crew members is a female so like Ooh. Yeah, it's it's real fucking weird. And then like weird like space symbols keep shot like flashing throughout the game. It's really good. I'm really enjoying it. One thing I want I want to quickly touch. Did you see that Epic Games had pulled Fortnite off of Apple and now Google Play, Nuh-uh. and now they want to sue Apple? Oh, uh, I think they want to. I think they want to sue uh, Google too. Huh. Interesting. Because uh, they wanted to. It's a free game, but their micro transactions went through, you know, Apple and, and the Google Play, and you know they took their commission from that. The micro transactions yeah. and Epic Games, they wanted to do their own some sort of money transaction that they wanted to do, huh. um, but it went against the regulations and uh, the rules provided by those uh, two operating systems, and so they pulled it from the store, and now Epic wants to sue them, and I, I just. I don't know what the fuck's gonna come about that. I don't. I yeah, almost think Epic's kind of getting in over their head because yeah, you're dealing with Apple, which just recently the whole um, uh, political thing that went down with those four real, you know, tech moguls. Oh yeah, Facebook one. I mean, I think Apple was there. I think I'm not. Correct me if I'm wrong, sure, but I mean, yeah. there's a reason why they are where they are. Oh yeah, I mean, so I, 
best of luck to you, Epic Games, I guess. But uh, I don't know. That's kind of some scary shit there. Well, I mean, the only kind of like weight that Epic has on their studios that are you know, like on their side is the fact that it's their game. So like that's the only thing I see had them having. But yeah, I wouldn't fuck with Apple. <laughs> no, and I'm I'm not too into the whole you know, lawsuit thing here and what exactly they're hoping to get out of it. I mean, they even said they don't want, I don't think they want money and whatnot. They just want uh, Apple to stop their mon- uh, monopolization. Oh, That's yeah. how you say the word. Um, but in the end, I feel like it basically comes down to, you know, you put your app on their store, they have their regulations, they have their rules, and you broke those rules so they pulled you off. Yeah. I mean that makes kind of perfect. I feel like that's what it would come down to. It's like, well, what are you talking about? Yeah, did you not read the uh, the terms and uh, <laughs> like no one does? Yeah, scroll, 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 and click the box. I always love the ones where they fuck with you when you click it, and they're like, "Wow, you broke the record for the reading this the fastest." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to say that uh, the lawsuit available in full here, okay, on PC Gamer, it says, uh, begins by pointing out the, that same 1984 ad, which it says cast Apple as a beneficial revolutionary force breaking IBM's monopoly over the computing technology market. Now, however, it says Apple has become what it once railed against, the behemoth seeking no control market or seeking to control markets, block competition, and stifle innovation. So they made an ad, basically like like the 1984 Apple ad. Epic did just the bash Apple. And it says specifically the lawsuit accuses Apple of using anti-competitive restraints and monopolistic practices in both the distribution of software and the processing of payments on iOS devices. Honestly, I love when underdogs go after the big dogs. I mean, it's an underdog story, you know, that term. We all, I feel like we all love it. I love it myself. I just, I don't know what they're getting into, man. It seems pretty risque. Well, I only got two things left, and it's just talking about two games. Okay. Um... I don't know if you've ever heard of this one, but it's called Atomic Heart. Doesn't sound familiar. See, all I can find... Sounds steampunky. Well, all I can find of it is on Steam. (laughs) Even though I have seen a video where basically an enemy can throw you down and then you have to fight to get off of it. But when that happens, it flashes your your command, what they want you to do in order to get it off. And I see square, I see X, I see triangle. So I'm like, okay, that looks like PlayStation compatible then too. Mm. Uh, So I don't know about Xbox, but that's besides the point. The best way for me to describe it is a like, okay, well, take the whole underwater aspect out, but like a Russian Bioshock. But it says, get acquainted with the bizarre future Soviet nightmare world of Atomic Heart. And this has been going on for years, actually. But the reason I'm bringing it up today is because just recently they, uh, I think they put out like a... Oh, okay. Yeah, I have heard of this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because just recently they put out like a, I think it's like a seven or eight minute, um, like actually boss fight. And you're traveling through, I think, a museum. Yeah, so it is on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Microsoft Windows. Okay, okay, cool. Um, Yeah, it says, next to nobody had heard of Atomic Heart, before it dropped a disturbing explosive trailer in May 2018. Now it's one of the year's most anticipated shooters. Um, I know it's been having, it's been like, yeah, it'll release in late 2019, and then late 2019 comes, and then it says TBA. Yeah. And then it'll say like mid-2020, and then it goes back to TBA. So they're all over the place. Its inspirations are varied. You'll spot flashes of Metro, Bioshock, uh, Nier Automata and Stalker in its arts and gameplay footage. While the world is a product of both Russian sci-fi and the experiences of the dev team, some of whom grew up in Russia, 
But what do you actually get when you mix all of those influences together? Well, here's everything we know about Atomic Heart. Okay, so yeah, the Atomic Heart's release date is right now TBA. We don't know. Like I said, it, they said 2019, 2020, yada, yada, TBA. Yeah, I mean, it is a smaller studio, so... A lot of times those studios run into issues like going now with the global pandemic and everything. Well, it's, it's, funny kind you, of... it's funny you say that because I think, I don't know where, but I read that they had to get rid of a bunch of people yeah. due to the pandemic, especially. Um, it says, what is it? An alternative reality Soviet era first person combat game with killer robots, clown themed torture chambers, and grandmas trapped in flowing molecular gloop, which they call polymer. Because there's actually, in case anyone cares, but I don't know if I said it, this is on PC Gamer. Yeah. If, if, this, if anyone out there goes, ooh, a Russian Bioshock, sure, I'll check it out. Yeah, I mean, um, watch the trailer because the trailer does look Well, amazing. there's a few trailers and there's a gameplay uh, video that I mentioned, but you can actually go on YouTube and I oh, forget the title of it, but there's like a 44 minute Russian video, which is in subtitles in English. And this guy had a chance to play it. And of course he basically says, I got to play and explore a few areas and you know, things were clunky here and there, of course, but I know the devs are working on it, but what they're trying to come bring across, you know, the, the story and the element is clearly there and it's really fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, Typical first person shooting robots trying to fucking make it out. Uh, it says, I think, like, maybe a full bullets will take you out. So you really want to, like, hide. You don't want to just go in guns a-blazing. Yeah. Uh, it says, uh, what's the story? The premise. The devs say the story is a bit like an episode of Black Mirror. I don't know if anyone out there's watched it, but that's a good show. If the show were set in a warped version of the Soviet Union sometime between the 30s and 60s, as Munfish CEO, which is the developers... Uh, Robert Bagratuni, oh God, I'm sorry if I fucked that up, uh, the USSR, and he told IGN this, that the USSR still exists in reality, but a technical revolution has already taken place. Robots, the internet, holograms have already been invented, and all these innovations are submerged in the atmosphere of communism, confrontation with the imperialism of the West and all the other inherent political and social aspects of the time. Robots have been mass-produced to help with agriculture, defense, timber production, and simple household chores, and now they're starting to rebel. You're a mentally unstable KGB special agent called P3, and the government has sent you to investigate a manufacturing facility that's fallen silent. And yeah, I mean, there's... Dude. The robots kind of remind me, like, if they like they would easily fit into, like, the world of Fallout. Yeah, there's a lot. When I that 44 minute video I'm talking about, I saw uh, ones that look like your normal, almost like a mannequin, basically. Yeah. Uh, there's ones that have like little mustaches. Yeah, yeah, which is creepy. There's a clown that has like three or four fucking saws on it that looks terrifying. Um, there are security cameras that look like flowers, and you do acquire a glove that gives you the power of our first story I think we talked about of like psychokinesis. And it's like, you know, you you want to um, draw your enemy's attention elsewhere, basically. And that's a good way to do it with the security cameras they displayed in the, uh, the video I watched. Uh, one thing I really liked, and I hadn't finished the video because I had to go to bed last night, but there's like, there's like bees, worker bees, uh, robots. And they usually come out if a security camera has been triggered and they set off the alarm, but these bees um, will actually repair fallen robots unless you take the bees oh, out first, interesting. which is pretty cool. Yeah. It says, uh, on arrival, it's clear that everything is, to put it mildly, royally fucked. <laughs> robots are out of control. Once dead creatures walk again and traps are set to ensnare any who enter, it's your job to find out what's happened and put an end to the chaos. 
somewhere between the murdering and madness, is a love story, although we don't know how big a part it will play. So Munfish tend to go a while between gameplay videos, but when they show up, they really show up. Atomic Heart gets weirder, wilder, and prettier every time we see it. And I can't tell if it's an open world yet. Yeah, But I do know there's an exploration... It kind of gives that kind of vibe where it's going to be like large open areas for missions, if anything. It does. I feel like a lot of it will be, quote unquote, like underground, like yeah. in facilities, whatnot. It says in summer 2020, which I believe is the one I just recently watched. Uh, yeah, they published a seven minute gameplay and mini boss fight video introducing introducing the enemy. Plush. Uh, it might, might be Russian. I can't tell. P well. Oh, my God. P-L-Y-U-S-H. Plush. It starts off with a protagonist exploring a museum and clearing out less threatening enemies before encountering a spooky mess of a boss. And literally this boss, I don't know how to else I don't know how to fucking describe it. It 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 looks God. Have you seen that movie Splinter? Yeah. Or that creature like in the very beginning. I mean it's throughout the whole movie, of course, but in the very beginning at least, you it looks like splinters all over, but they're constantly oh, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. moving. It kind of looks like that, but hmm. imagine them not as like hard shell kind of like looking, and just imagine like your fucking muscles. It's huh. just red, goopy looking. I don't know what the fuck it is. It literally looks like something out of Lovecraft for me. Interesting. Which, by the way, that Lovecraft uh, country or whatever that aired dropped yesterday, but I have not seen it. I don't have HBO. I have. I don't either. But I've had friends talk about watching it, and they said it seems like it. They seem to like it so far. Oh, really? Yep. Okay, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, in February of 2020, we got to see a quick gameplay teaser showing some of the Atomic Hearts retro tech environments and a few really huge enemies, including those wild drill snakes, which, yeah, it literally just looks like a gigantic fucking snake through the ground that's just all made of drills and whatnot. That's fucking terrifying. Uh, just before that, official teaser in 2020, we also saw some footage courtesy of Russian gaming service 4Game, who uh, played for hours of an in-development build. That, I believe, is a video that I'm mentioning. Okay. Uh, spanned five in-game areas, released a lengthy video detailing just about everything they saw. It's a slightly tough watch be, being entirely in Russian. Yeah, that's the video I saw. It's, I think it's about 45 minutes, but it does a great... At, at the moment of the development, the stage of development of that game, it gives a pretty good detail of what's going on. Okay. The neatest bit discusses enemy ecosystems. The bee-like security cameras live together in a hive from which they'll emerge to hunt you down if you're detected by another enemy. Hacking or disabling these hive limits, how many of the bee drones are active, meaning you'll want to plan your targets as you progress through the area. So yeah, you can hack these, and these robots can fight for you for a limited time. I don't know if you can hack the bees and they can like bring like quote unquote dead robots back to life. Yeah, but that would be cool. Yeah. Uh, there's a cinematic teaser that depicts a cryptic conversation between what we assume is your main character and a shadowy figure on a screen. The trailer is only in Russian, though, but you can turn on closed captions to get the full picture. And then Munfish releases, uh, released a 10-minute uh, Atomic Heart gameplay in 2019, and it gives you a glimpse at both the shooting and melee combat as well as the weird world the devs have created. Uh, Zipline ropes, quick-time events, large robot enemy at the end of the video... And we suspect that it's probably some sort of boss. Uh, but yeah, I like I said, that game's been out for a while. But it looks fucking cool. I mean, it reminds me of Fallout. Reminds yeah. me of Bioshock, just like it says. And well, I'm it's not really out, into it. Huh? You said it's been out for a while. It's not officially out. Well, no, just, the, no the, it's been announced. Been in, yeah, sure, been announced. I just didn't want anybody to be confused and go looking for it. It says Atomic Heart's weapons are makeshift and you'll piece them together from various metal parts detached from robots or taken from the household appliances or fragments obtained during the game. Hmm, interesting. 
Uh, it did list in 2017 that it's for Steam VR and like PSVR, uh, but we're still not entirely sure if it's going to be a full VR release or not. It says Atomic Heart will have PvP multiplayer and maybe co-op. And then it says something interesting for me, which is more so the building of the game. It says it's being built with NVIDIA's latest RTX tech, including ray tracing and DLSS, which is deep learning super sampling. And the team has released a tech demo that you can download and try here, which is pretty cool. Interesting. So I have one more piece to talk about, and I'm sure you can think what it is. Is it your butthole? God damn it. <laughs> no, okay. God, God. Be serious. Come on, <laughs> I don't Josh. Know how to. God, Josh, can I call you, can I call you Josh? No. I'm going to call you Josh. All right, Josh. No, it's not my butthole. No matter how badly I would love it to be about my butthole. <laughs> and not Jody Arias' butthole. <laughs> but my butthole. I'm talking about Cyberpunk 25. <laughs> <laughs> Cyberpunk 12 <laughs> 2077 man they had a news oh. hey I'm just saying the name Cyberpunk 2077 means that there's been <laughs> 2076 other games hey Fallout 76 <gasps> oh my god now we just have to find 75 I mean Fallout 76 is or wait a minute what years did it take place I don't, I don't know now you're trying to make this a conspiracy and it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> Your laugh is so cute. <laughs> um, oh, God damn it. When, oh, never mind. Fall Time 6 takes place in 2102. But wasn't, oh wait, 2102, which is 25 years after a nuclear war. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. So 25 still would make no difference, right? Oh, wait a minute. 25 would be, is that not 2077? What? 2102 minus 25. Okay. 2077. Yeah, it is 2077. 2077. (laughs) So basically the end of Cyberpunk 2077 is going to be just a nuclear bomb. No. What do you mean no? That explains how it kind of looks futuristic for the... Nuclear age that we're in and Fallout, bitch. Well, they explained that at the beginning. Because instead of using, you're gonna believe that, huh? Yeah, you're gonna believe Bethesda. Yeah, that's why we got fucking Mister Handy's floating around and shit. Why all the cars have atomic energy? Yeah, and that sounds a lot like Atomic Heart. Ooh. <laughs> hey man, I'm just saying, I'm making connections here. Twenty one oh two is Fallout seventy six. 25 years prior was when the nuclear war happened, which is 2077, Cyberpunk 2077. I don't know about you, but that is enough evidence. Numbers don't lie. I've said it plenty of times. <laughs> okay. I believe what you want. See, it's all you got. Okay. He's like, I can't do anything. He's too powerful. <laughs> There's nothing I can say that would hurt him. <laughs> Fucking damn right. <laughs> so anyway. Okay. Talk about your weight. Not- <laughs> <laughs> Night City Wire. Okay. CD Project Reds, little fucking episodes. They just slide out there to the universe every other month. I think they're on two now. A new episode was last Monday. Uh two Mondays. I think so. I think it was last the tenth. I think I said that. Yeah. I don't fucking and remember. It is yeah. Okay. A week ago. So did you watch it? 
I watched parts of it. Why do you watch the whole thing? You too good for it? I was watching it while I was in the shitter. And the problem there is? I finished and wanted to get out. I'm not the kind of person that just sits there. Did you finish pooping or did you finish watching? I finished pooping. I'm not the kind of person that just sits there and fucking fucks off with the phone. You don't sit there with your fucking elbows on your legs and all of a sudden you can't move or walk or feel your fucking you know, knees down to your feet and you have shit house polio? <laughs> no. Back to what I was talking about before you interrupted me, which I might have interrupted myself, but I don't yeah. fucking care. I'm going to blame it on Josh. Josh, because that's just what I do. In Night City Wire Episode 2 CD Projekt Red series about their upcoming game, Cyberpunk 2077, details were revealed about each of the life path options in the game. So now we have life paths that we can choose from. Yep. We have Nomad. We have, is it like Street Kid? I think it's Street Kid. And then Corpo. Yeah. Do any of those by what you saw. Of course, I don't know how long you were watching it because you were pooping. Uh, but do what? you know? I watched the first two. You didn't watch Corpo? No, because I don't give a fuck about being a corporate Why not, fucking man? kid. Because fuck that. That's dumb. So Wait, did you watch Corpo at all? No. You don't even know what it entails, buddy. Yeah, but I already know I don't want to do it. I mean, I'm sure I will at some point. Okay. But... Well, I mean, fair enough, I guess. Well, between Nomad and Street Kid, which one piqued your interest? Nomad. Nomad? How come? Yeah. I don't know. There's just something about it. Like, I love how, like, they kind of, like, live their lives out in the desert. And, like, they seem like... Outcast. Yeah, pretty much outcast. Uh, almost, and, like, well, doing no, uh, races in the dunes and shit. Yeah. It almost relates to uh, what we just stated a little bit ago about, the like, the underdog. Yeah. Like, it it's almost feels like a nomad would just immediately come off as the underdog when you compare it to a street kid or a corpo, especially a corpo. Uh, so, yeah, each one of those life paths give a different origin story and experience throughout the game. And I'll tell you what, when I watch these developers, whether it's the, the lead you know, game designer or the quest developer or whatever it is, they cannot express enough how important your dialogue choices are in making your story. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I hear it time and time again, but good Lord, do they hammer that through your fucking skull. Yeah, and, I mean, the, you know, when we started getting, like, choice dialogues in games, like, um, when it first started, like, it didn't, like, it impacted your game, but it would be, like, very small or, like, only one thing. But, like, as time goes on and, like, you know, developers get better with their coding and shit, like, Little things in games can like truly impact something down the line. I mean, we experienced yep. that with the other CD product, uh, Red Game, The Witcher, The mm -hmm. Witcher Three. I mean, like you would do a side mission and it would impact your main missions. So. I, I remember one time playing with Gabe, and uh, I got to uh, oh god, what part was it? You had to, I think you had to go down in a tree. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, God, it's been so long, but. Something come up, some some option came up, and Gabe's sitting there like twiddling his thumbs, and he's looking at it. I'm like, "What do I do?" And he goes, "Do whatever you want." And I'm like, mm -hmm. "Is this one of the uh, points where it's going to really change the outcome of this?" And he goes, "Yep." And I'm like, "Oh God, <laughs> I'm not good at this." So the episode also shared how the band refused, like that's the band's name, becomes a part of the game as the fictional band Samurai, which is led by the one and only. Keanu Reeves. Johnny Silverhands. Wow, we did that so perfect that time. Hold on, take a break. Woo! That was fucking cool. God, everyone listening is probably like, wow, I'm I'm just so fucking hot and bothered now from hearing that. Oh, God damn it. You know, fucking what the what ass pussy. <laughs> That's a medical condition. Jinx. 
You owe me a soda. Ben Shut up. Ben Shapiro <laughs> told me that was a medical condition. Oh, fuck Ben Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I apologize. Like, any of my friends that are listening to this that follow me on Instagram, on Facebook, I apologize that my Facebook feed is just becoming a Ben Shapiro shitposting page. <laughs> hey, man. The memes are so good. It's for the good of mankind. It it's is. All right, it's all it right. It is. In the weapons segment of Night City Wire, the stream shared the types of weapons players will have access to, ranging from melee to smart weapons to power and tech weapons along with throwables. The weapons selection looks to be pretty extensive. There are also mods and attachments that you can add to each weapon to enhance or change its performance. Oh yeah, there's also cyberware, which was a part that I thought was really cool, where you have there's different- cyberware in a cyberpunk game? <laughs> Where you have different weapons installed into your body, like blades coming out of your arms, which they call the mantis blades, I believe. Yep. And some sort of missile launcher popping out of your wrist. And did you see that part? Mm -hmm. Oh, no. It's right. You're probably done poo-pooing. No, but they jumped off a, I don't know, the side of a building or a bridge or whatever, and there's a couple enemies on the ground, and they're shooting at them. And for a quick second, you see their uh, left arm come out, and it opens up, like, say, a mantis blade, and it just fucking shoots out a grenade. (laughs) It just explodes. I'm like, holy fuck! It's amazing. I would love to shoot grenades out of my fucking forearms. For some reason, like right I, now, I thought you were gonna say your ass, and I'm like, mm, well, now see that's called poops, <laughs> little poop grenades. Come on, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um. So okay. So yeah, that that last website I was uh, citing off of was uh, GameCrate.com, and oh, here okay. on and here on GameSpot.com, it goes a little more in depth here on the weapons. And it says, power weapons are contemporary firearms that have bullets that ricochet. Simple enough. Tech weapons are high-powered guns that can pierce surfaces and multiple targets. Smart weapons are advanced firearms that have homing rounds, which will follow targeted enemies, enemies, which is pretty cool to see. Melee weapons, close-range weapons that have been modified with specific perks. And cyberware, which is cybernetic upgrades that grant V, which is your character in case you uh, are wondering who, uh, it grants V special attacks and abilities. You have the Carnage, uh, and this is just from what we saw. We, we know there's more. They said there's plenty to choose from, so what I read here is not going to be all the uh, different weapons you have. It says Carnage is a pump-action shotgun that can fire ricochet rounds and be modified to increase magazine size. Hell yeah. You have the Tsunami Nekamata. This sniper rifle is specialized is a specialized tech weapon that can pierce targets and surfaces. Shots are charged up, which fire energy-based rounds. The scope for this sniper rifle can be upgraded multiple times. A smart weapon here is the TKI-20 Shingen, uh, and it's a special submachine gun that has tracer rounds. With the targeting system activated, this smart weapon fires bullets that will home in on enemies, even following them around corners. And this weapon can be modified to fire non-lethal rounds. And here's a melee weapon we have, the Thermal Katana. This special katana is a melee weapon with a superheated edge. It can be used for stealth or for close-range combat encounters. Along with normal attacks, it can parry melee strikes, opening up enemies for quick finishes. Ooh, look at those mantis blades, man. Those are fucking sick looking. Oh, yeah. This cyberware upgrade is a close-range cybernetic coming from the Arasaka Corporation. This upgrade grants V large arm blades that can be used in stealth and combat encounters. While we've seen this upgrade many times before, the recent episode of Night City Wire showed off some of the finishers you can pull off with the cybernetic upgrade. There's Gorilla Arms, which is just superior unarmed combat, basically, which, oh god, here we go, Project Launch Systems, Projectile Launch Systems, sorry. Another new cyberware upgrade we saw was the Projectile Launch System, which gives V an arm cannon. I'm just going to leave it at that. 
basically transforms into a missile launcher. We also saw some of the fixers. Did you see them while you were pooping? I think so. I forget exactly what they were. Well, they they they'll, they'll give you missions. Oh, I think okay, more, yeah, yeah. more or less. And there's there's one to each district. But we saw some more of them. We saw a lot of characters in this one. Yeah, we saw the head of uh, the Arasaka corporation well it's like i've said before like i try like with these videos like i scroll i like skim through them because i don't want to watch the full thing because i want to be surprised by everything in the game well i bet uh i mean i know there's going to be a lot that we aren't going to see but well even the trash they said they even model the trash in the game to not be so like a stagnant just you know typical coating of trash you would see everywhere it's going to actually have elements that have been found in game, whether it be burger joints, taco joints, pizza joints. You'll see the pizza boxes. You'll see uh, a handwritten message on it, like, you know, when you get one from Domino's and it's yeah. like, you know, to Josh or to, you know, at 12, 15 p.m. or shit like that. It'll be, yeah, that's cool. It's incredibly cool. It just feels that much more realistic, man, oh, and immersive. Apparently, we'll have drag races. Hell it yeah. looks like we'll have, or at least street races. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to be any big part of the game, but it, I don't know. That was pretty cool. Well, I mean, it kind of like, I mean, in the parts of the trailer with the Nomads, it looked like they do street races. They're, they're all their own races. It it did look like that. Yeah. Um, I, I know I saw a still of uh, the V in a car, and there was like a cop with his foot on the hood, but he was dressed like an old sheriff. And I, I don't know why. I don't know if he... Is that's the actual sheriff or who it is? But I think it's funny, kind of funny. In 2077, well, yeah, just before the nuclear war and fallout. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, like that's kind of looked like what the nomads' aesthetics were. Was like it was not as futuristic as like Night City. So I mean, I'm sure like once you get to the city, it's gonna be a weird transition for like your character if you choose that path. Okay, okay, I gotcha. Like I'm sure you have some people that have cybernetics. Like uh, the implants and shit, but you probably don't have as many as like a lot of the citizens you see walking around. Yeah, I don't know what life path I would want to choose. I don't know if I would choose corporate. Um, I mean, no, both Nomad and Street Kids seem pretty fucking fun to me, to be honest. And I do know that they said that there's going to be legendary loot. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be really mission based, and not the fact that um. You know, you can only use it in that mission, or perhaps it's going to be so specifically detailed and, and oriented for like certain, um, oh god, instances or yeah. you know, certain situations like that. But uh, apparently, depending on the mission you're doing, I guess you're going to get a weapon that that kind of uh, reflects that mission itself. Like I think there's one called the Chaos Pistol, which you can take from uh, I forget the gentleman's name in the game. I know that's one. I think of the legendary loot that they that they mention. So yeah, I, I won't talk about too much in detail of what Night City Wire Episode Two had. You know, if you guys are interested just as much as I was, um, I would say go check it out. I would also say if you're as interested as Josh was, but he was poo pooing, and apparently that's just that's the only time he can watch videos is he poo pooing. He lets his poo poo <laughs> dictate what he does, when he does, where he does. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> My yeah, so, my phone, uh, the video feature like YouTube is only functioned by poop power. <laughs> you have to shit on it first. Yep, and then you smell like shit all day. That's a plus. Yep. <laughs> God. So yeah, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, man. I tell you what, you think it's gonna be game of the year? Uh, just, just call it now. Do you I think hope so? so. You hope so? 
if if it lives up to the hype that it has, yes, they, like that's the one thing that I'm worried about is that it's gonna be too overhyped and it's not gonna live up to the hype. But then that's one of the reasons why I'm trying not to watch a whole lot of videos because I'm already hyped for it, so I don't want to like build up more hype for myself and then just be disappointed. Like I try not to do that with movies and games anymore, just yeah. because. I'm so used to being disappointed. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, people, if you've taken anything from today, just realize that there could be a uh, little ghost girl wandering around Las Cruces. The facing gravestones. facing gravestones of old men because God knows why. We got uh, Cyberpunk 2077 just around the corner, less than 100 days. Atomic, <gasps> That's right. <laughs> Atomic Heart, we don't know when. You can go to college and you can learn about ghosts because that matters. Yeah. You know, it really does matter. You know, look at us. We bought a whole career off of it. You know? Yeah. We're making six figures. All right? <laughs> we are. We're living lavish lifestyles. Eh. Yeah, Brady's getting a really, really tiny cut because he's not here all the time. <laughs> so he doesn't. He hasn't experienced it all with us. But no, with that said, I think we are going to sign off here. Yep. And we will see you in the next one. God damn it. I said it again. We'll see you in the next one. No, we will not. We will not see you. We will not hear you. We won't feel you. We won't do fucking anything. I'll just see the plays of the video go up by one. God damn it. Fuck it. Bye. See ya. Hey, everyone. We here at the Farthest Reaches want to say thank you because you, the listeners, make all of this possible. Please share our podcast with your friends, your family, or total strangers. You can find and connect with us on Facebook at the Farthest Reaches podcast, Instagram at the Farthest Reaches, or Twitter at TFR Pod Official. There we will be posting all sorts of strange stuff and updates for upcoming episodes and whatever else we get ourselves into. If you would like to share a personal story by chance, then you can reach us at our email, the farthest reaches podcast at gmail. We would love to hear from you and maybe we will even tell your story to the world. In the meantime though, explore the elusive Seek the knowledge of the obscure, and together we can translate this strange language of reality into something that we can understand. With that said, thanks for tuning in.